it seems to be going well for my dogs. Like they, Gibbon has a bit more of a sensitive tummy. So I have to be careful, especially when there's grandparents around that feed them all kinds of treats that they get from God knows where. And um, like the diarrhea, or as we call it in this household, the brown laser. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Heidi. Hi, Vero. Let's boop snoots. Let's boop snoots. So last week's episode, we reviewed the documentary Pet Fooled, and we went into details about what we learned, uh, what was eye-opening about the pet food industry. Uh, We talked a bit about the 2007 melamine. Melamine? Melamine. Melamine. We talked a a little bit about the 2007 melamine recall, pet food labels, wording found on food bags, and what they really mean. And uh, we talked about what we took away uh, from that documentary. Yes. So there's a second documentary that we found that was called Pet Food, A Dog's Breakfast. That was, um, I think, on CBC. So it was a Canadian uh, showing of this, but it was an American who, who did this one uh, that can be found on YouTube. And her name is Dr. Hodgkins. So I just wanted to talk a bit about that one. It was very similar to Pet Fooled. There's just a couple of things that I found a bit more interesting um, that they touched upon on their documentary. And then we'll um, continue on to talk about uh, raw food and about the labels and the importance of them and what you want to sort of be looking for. Um, So in this second documentary, Pet Food, A Dog's Breakfast, uh, it was very similar, like I mentioned, except Dr. Hodgkins, who was behind this one, um, she wasn't more for advocating for the raw diet she was more uh advocating for people being knowledgeable about um oh my god look who's in look who's here we got a a special guest Uh, his second uh, appearance on let's boop snoots bear 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 all right (laughs) so cute so cute he's cute so dr hodgkins yeah she was more about being educating people about what to look for on the packages and also challenging uh, government on regulating the pet food industry a bit more. So um, just like Pet Fooled, uh, they talked about how these pet food companies are all about the marketing and they can literally put anything they want on the front of a package and it doesn't um, have to be what's inside. It's pretty much like false advertising when you think about it. Is. It is. I like, that was like, I was mind blown by that. And just like, very like just a tiny little extra word here and there just means something completely different for what's in your pet's food yeah and and she didn't go into more the the like the wording and the and what they meant she she like there's a couple of scenes in the in this documentary where she's in a big kitchen and she's showing you how it's made so like she's like look at this package it shows like a whole chicken on the front and all these vegetables and everything like that in in it right and she's like so here I have a whole chicken she's like so you think that this whole thing is going to go into your dog's food she's like it's not and she cuts off the neck and the beak she's like so that's going to go into it and the chicken feet because the rest of it is going for human consumption and they're not going to put any of that in there so she puts that in a blender then she gets like um a whole bunch of like cornmeal and like and wheat and stuff and she 
pours that into the blender. And then she's like, and then for the vitamins that they talk about, here's like one scoop of this super like processed like vitamin stuff. So then she puts that in, she blends it all together. She puts it in like a baker's like, like squirty thing and makes like little (laughs) kibbles with it and throws it in the oven at like a super high temperature and makes this kibble. And she's like, and that's pretty much what dog food is, which is like really interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, and so so in, in that example that she gives, that live example of her cooking it, it shows you that like none of the actual ingredients on the bag are actually what you're getting like in your food, right? And um, mm-hmm. another example that they give further in the documentary about that is like they show it's very interesting because they show all the commercials for dog food throughout the years. And there was this one um, with uh, Purina where they, they they claim on the commercial, right on the commercial, it says like, and a recent study conducted by Purina shows that dogs that eat our dog food are known to live 1.8 years longer than the average pet. So they're advertising this and people are thinking, oh, well, this must be a safe brand and everything. And when she looked into the study, the study was they took dogs and they fed one group like a certain amount and then the other group 25% less. So the leaner dog is that's obviously insane gonna be, i know it's gonna be healthier <laughs> than the fat dog and and you know if anything it's a more of a detriment to their product because if you're feeding yeah. the dog more of it and he's doing not as well as the other then it's like okay and if you eat more yeah. of it, it's like horrendous for you <laughs> like, it's like if you eat more fast food <laughs> you will not yes. live as long as the person that eats less fast food. <laughs> exactly. And that sort of thing. So uh, another little interesting bit that they did, like that they touched upon, again, like very similar to Pet Fooled, is they talked about how the veterinarians are, are not that knowledgeable. And Veron, I, I think you said in the last episode that they don't, like when you look up the courses in veterinary school, yeah, there's like little to none on nutrition. There's no course on, yeah, there's no course. And so she, this was a professor and she took some of her senior students and she gave them each uh, several labels. And some of the labels were labels of the super cheap dog food. And then some of the labels were from the premium, the premium dog food. And um, asked, they, she asked her students to tell me which one is the premium. And guess what? They could not because all the ingredients are the same, which also speaks to what Pet Fooled mentioned of like these huge conglomerates yeah. that are responsible for hundreds of different types of dog food. And guess what? They don't have different plants for like the premium dog food and like the 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 dog's breakfast. <laughs> that's why they that's why they cho- chose that title. It's it's all the same stuff. It's literally yeah. like all like just <laughs> going into different bags and it's like literally the same thing. I read a study online about they took different labels, including a label of a pet food that's found at a vet. So, you know, when you go to a vet, you walk in and at the desk, there's like bags big, of pet food, yes, right? Yes. And you think that must be a really good pet food. So they showed the labels to different vets. So they picked out um, their own labels so that the food that you find at the vet and then other ones I think there was maybe five and they asked them like which one is the least nutritious Mm -hmm. and every single vet picked the vet food no way yeah see it's so sketchy it's and and it's and they all talk about the same thing and and it's that like you you do want convenience because there's very few people that you're going to find that are going to want to put the time and the money into feeding your pets what you should be feeding them 
like you you want the you like I, I'm guilty of it too like we'll talk more about this later but like I I feed my dogs kibble and and I think it's a premium brand but after watching this documentary I'm like is it yeah like I, I kind of want to go back and I know the more, more the more I read about it and that pet fool documentary like I watched it twice yeah. And the second time I just I was just like that, like, I don't want to feed my next dog kibble. I know. But not just that, but it becomes like super overwhelming too. like even to go and look it at does. the labels and stuff. And what should they be having and what shouldn't they be having? And nobody knows because it's not like we mentioned in the last episode. It's not worth the time and money to research it because because they're already making billions of dollars no matter what yes. at the end of the day so yeah. nobody's gonna do it and you're if you're looking stuff up online if you're doing your own research it is overwhelming it's super overwhelming so we're we're hoping at the end of this episode to give you some very simple things to look for if you're even interested at all because you know the debate is yeah you can spend a a, a ton of money on your dog's food right like throughout their life and mm-hmm. and feeding them like nutritious food or you can buy the you know $12 35 pound bag and feed them garbage but you're going to be spending that money anyways at the vet because their kidneys are going to be failing and their livers are going to be failing yes and their joints diabetes cancer and I find it interesting in both of these episodes too they talk about like that it's it was all spearheaded by that 2007 melamine contamination in the food right where they had mm-hmm. to recall yeah. massive recalls right but there was no investigation into it and and it's interesting the wording they use around um talking about the 2007 recall cuz they're just like yeah the 2007 where melamine made its way into pet food well it didn't make its way melamine wasn't like i'm gonna go into pet food like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody yeah. put it there. like they were looking to, to to make even more profit off of it and they were using melamine because it's like crazy crazy cheap yes i i read that it was put in to replace the wheat gluten yeah or something like that or like wheat powder or whatever that they were using. but then it was like was it purposely put in like probably probably like where else you have because you have to order ingredients when you're producing something right you have to order stuff so it has to be there yeah and you have to know well uh, maybe you don't know need to know what it is obviously because it started killing thousands of animals and that's when people were like wait a minute and then they found it anyways to me it's that it took so long for them to actually announce it i know to announce it and start recalling yeah and again, like, it, and it's weird because and this is another thing that they they talk about in both documentaries is that at the end of the day, um, animals are are property. They're not family members. It's not like being harmful to humans. Yeah. And and unfortunately, that's the way it is. So there is a lawyer in Canada in this documentary that is challenging the government as well because they're what she's saying is that. And again, that shows all the commercials. They advertise. They say it right on their packaging. Like, feed your family member the best. And they they advertise as if this is your family member. And they are. They're totally they are. family yes. members. So she's like, what her point is, you can't advertise that that this is the best for your family member. And then when it comes around to a recall or ma- massive class action lawsuits against them and say, hey, no, sorry, it's just your property. It's like, well... Yeah. That's not what you said on your packaging, and in your. It's kind of like, like if your lawnmower broke down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Same thing. <laughs> exactly. 
And um, but unfortunately, in the eyes of the law at this point, that they are their property. It's crazy, though, because they're like living things. But yeah, it's crazy because the only reason we're doing this is because we love our doggos. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> they are babies. So the um, what are some of the last couple of things I wanted to say about that? So um, there was another example in this documentary, Pet Food, A Dog's Breakfast, where the veterinary, who is also a professor, uh, talks about the so the two different labels on the package. So when you go and look at a dog's package, there's going to be two labels. So there's one where it talks about the percentages of, the, and it usually starts with crude protein, followed by fiber, followed by moisture, followed by animal fats or whatever. And it tells you the percentages that are in that particular product. Then the other label is your ingredients list. And what she is saying is her point in doing this is that um, it's important that you look at both and that you know what both mean, right? Because she, so she's in the kitchen too, and she cuts up some straps of leather. Okay. So that's, that, that could be viewed as protein. Then she puts in wood shavings, that's your fiber. And then she fills it up with like motor oil and she boils it down to this disgusting mixture and makes a kibble out of it. And she's like, this would be possible. And like passable dog food because it has those percentages of those things yeah and she even made like a fake label on it and it's called like old boots like dog food or something like that (laughs) anyways but it's disgusting because it's literally old boots like motor oil and wood shavings that that, that make up those percentages and that's why you need to look at the ingredients list to see what what they're putting in there yes because you're looking at protein and you're like oh 35 percent protein but but where is that protein coming from, right? Exactly. Is it quality protein? Is it coming from byproduct? Like wheat gluten, which or is di- high in protein. Or diseased parts of animals or like yeah. that. Like you don't know, right? So uh, that was another interesting part. And and, and another thing that uh, Dr. Hodgkins does throughout the thing is she approaches people in pet stores and she's asking them, how do you choose your pet food? And people are like, oh, well, I don't know. I've been feeding this to my cat for years. And when she talks to them, they're just like horrified. They're like, oh my God. And um their cats all have like super sick like kidneys and livers like cats like cats too and this one dude diabetes diabetes sugars we talked about that the last time too sugars the sugars (laughs) and um so much sugars so much sugars in the animals and uh yeah so this one dude was saying that he usually gets three different samples of different foods and he puts them on the floor and whatever his dog goes and eats that's what he chooses for his dog and um dr hodgkins talks about how certain companies after they cook their kibble like cook the 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 crap out of it to the point where there's no nutrients left in it and like we mentioned in last episode when you cook them at super high temperatures it actually produces carcinogens is um what they do to make it palatable to the animal is they spray it with animal fat so it's coated in this like tasty animal it smells and making it yum yum so um again it's like all these like tricks of the industry it's almost like how they manufacture like cigarettes right so like Mm -hmm. the first puff that you take releases crazy amounts of serotonins in your brain and you're like "Ah, can't get enough (laughs) (laughs) so it's that kind of like tricksy stuff that they do so they ended off with um this dude who is like a flooring guy and talks about i'm sorry if you guys hear some loud like thunder here there's actually like a massive storm yes going on thunderstorm coming which which can scare some doggos yes yes and (laughs) yes 
And um, <laughs> so they I had a up... doggo that was scared of thunder. Oh, was that Wigams? Mm-mm. Oh, who? My parents. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of them are. Mm-hmm. Scrappy used to be too. Fireworks and thunderstorms. But uh, Becky and uh, Wigam didn't care about anything. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> they're like, meh. So um, they ended it with this guy who was this flooring guy and says in the episode, he says, I don't even, uh, I never imagined I would be like a huge animal uh, activist, or I think they call him a consumer activist, but he started a page, which I was unable to find online. And again, we were not sure what date this documentary was made, but obviously sometime after the 2007 recall. Uh, But he started a page called defendourpets.org and he lobbied the government for more strict regulations on the ingredients in food and where they can ship to and stuff like that too because you know canada's huge we're all it's mostly american products on the store shelves yes it is and i think like um dr becker mentioned in the pet fooled documentary is that there are a lot of people that are making really good food and nutritional food and they're proud of it and when you go to these like different pet shows and stuff like that you'll know who they are because they're so willing to talk about it and and they're passionate about it and and that sort of thing so i think that's another good place to go to to look for some yum yums for your doggos yes and talking about web pages just a couple of resources one was mentioned during the pet fooled documentary uh, by someone that who starred on the documentary it's called truthaboutpetfood.com so that website is really good to learn about recalls that are going on and to learn about all the different ingredients that are that is found um, in your pet's food and also the website dogfoodadvisor.com so they rate dog food and they actually go through the label uh, almost every ingredient and they talk about if it's a good ingredient, uh, if it's a bad ingredient, and why. So they do review some of the ingredients in the dog food. Which is super useful. So that's kind of like, yeah, I, I looking at that website, it looked pretty good and might give you like a mm-hmm. better idea and stuff. But after watching both of these documentaries, and if you guys choose to, it is scary because you're left thinking, well, what the hell should I feed my my dog? Like, And you're like, yeah. oh my God, and what do I look for? And then, and again, when you go... Not everybody's knowledgeable about it, especially not the people working in the pet stores. And like we mentioned, not necessarily your vets either. So you're sort of left on your own thinking like, okay, well, like I just want something affordable and I want something easy and I want something. Yeah. And if you do decide uh, to go the raw food route, and I do want to talk about raw food because the documentary Pet Fooled uh, really focused on raw food. And we're just really going to scratch the surface of everything there is to know and to learn about raw food during this episode. So I've been doing a lot of research about it. And it just seems all this information just makes it seem very complicated. And it's very daunting. And I think it would it just turns off pet owners because you're reading about this and you're like okay so I have to give like this and then a little bit of that and then I have to buy this to give like a teaspoon of this and then I have to make sure that my dog also gets this and then it's just like it's very confusing so I just kind of want to break it down to something very simple and also like if you're wondering where you can get your pet food so there's butchers there's supermarkets and there's companies that make premixed food for you. So 
depending on how much time you have and how much work you want to put into it, you can always get your meat at a butcher's, but that means that you kind of have to like ration your, like the own portions for your dog. And that can be time consuming, um, especially if you freeze some of it. You always have to think about taking it out of the freezer. Um, Heidi, I think you kind of talked about that. I did. I think we kind of spoke about that, like, because you fed Gibbon raw food. I did. So when we first got Gibbon, um, the breeder, I asked the breeder, like, well, what food do you guys feed? Because I wanted to keep it samesies. And he said, oh, we feed raw, but you can feed him anything. And I was like, uh, okay. I was like, what does he, like, I, I didn't even hear the word raw and register it. Like, and, and so when I first got Gibbs, like, um, I bought a kibble, like a, a high quality kibble, I think after watching all this <laughs> and, and, um, he was having like a lot of diarrhea, a lot of problems and stuff like that. And he was losing weight. So I, I contacted the, the breeder again and said, sorry, what were you feeding him? And he was like, oh, well, a, a raw food diet. And, um, I was like, oh my God, I was like, okay. And then that was the first time I literally ever heard about feeding dogs raw Mm -hmm. food. And my first instinct was, oh my God, that's disgusting. And like, yeah, I don't necessarily (laughs) want to do it. But then when, after watching Pet Fooled, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like feeling a bit more comfortable about it and learning about how dogs digest things. Cause you do, you think raw, having raw meat around your house, you're going to have bacteria everywhere and people are going to get sick and the dog's going to get sick. And and anyways, not the case. So I, I Googled uh, raw food, where to get raw food from in my area. And it turns out there was a guy who lived literally two streets away from me and I left a message for him and he called me right back and he was like, yep. And this guy trains uh, Belgian shepherds and he competes with them and, and trains them and does uh, training for security companies and people for their own pers- personal uh, security reasons. And he's just this awesome, super knowledgeable guy. And he gets um, meat from local farms in the area and they'll mix and package for you. So like it's it, it was pre-done in a package and one package would be two servings. And so I started buying from him and we started doing it. So again, it it is gross. It smells really bad yeah. depending on what you're feeding him. And I tried contacting him for the purpose of um, this episode for let's boop snoots and um, was, was unable to get a hold of him. But so I'm going based on memory here. And I remember him saying like, well, they need a bit of calcium. So, you know, like I have a, a pack of chicken neck, chicken necks here. And I remember buying like a pack of chicken necks thinking, well, don't they choke on chicken bones and stuff? And he's like, no, not in the neck because it's all cartilage and it's like really actually really good for their teeth and it's really good calcium for them and Mm -hmm. on a hot summer day we would give I would give Gibbs and Becky each a chicken neck and they would sit there and chew away at it and I I would wipe their face afterwards just because I didn't want them coming in (laughs) and getting like chicken neck all over stuff but anyways and they they loved it and there was no problems with it and when we started feeding Gibbs raw food like we did it just for Gibbs because he was a pup and he was losing weight like I'd mentioned and there was two things that I immediately noticed his digestion was way better the the diarrhea pretty much stopped uh and I couldn't believe how much uh less water he drank and again that's speaking to the moisture that's in the food right Mm -hmm. so yes like we feed our we fill up our dogs water bowls like constantly and they're going through it and becky drinks through it and if there's none in there my kids forget to feed water she's drinking out of the toilets which is gross and again shows you that bacteria is really not a danger to them (laughs) but um yeah uh i just couldn't believe it and the other thing i noticed is that becky would literally like look at his bowl and like look at hers and was like almost like what the heck (laughs) 
Why is that guy getting like the primo what? stuff? What's a what's the matter for he's Becky? A, he's <laughs> definitely the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> to the point I felt bad. But I remember like asking because he said like and it speaks to the percentages and again where like of what they should be having and it starts getting overwhelming because then he sold yes. us this like omega fat pump and he said mm-hmm. you know every third day just like do three squirts on top of the meat for the omega fat fats that they that they need and then he said and then every three uh, three days what I do sometimes is I take spinach and just freeze it into ice cubes and I put that on top of their food when you're thawing it too so that they get that because normally like you know like we spoke to in that in in the last episode and what Dr. Becker mentioned about you know, them coming from the wolf when the wolf is out and eating like a deer, well, deer eats grass and that's sort of in their entrails, like the the bowels and stuff that they eat. So they are getting some veggie and stuff like that, but it's not the number one ingredient of their meal, right? Like they're eating the the protein mainly and some of the other stuff they eat as well. And that's where they get those other vitamins and nutrients and vegetables and stuff like that from. So that's the way he sort of explained it to me. But now it's just like, okay, first I got to remember to thaw the food. Okay, so number one, the food's expensive. This is just me playing devil's advocate to the raw food. Yeah. So first of all, it's it's expensive. Second of all, I had to keep it in, in different containers in the fridge because, again, it's like raw and it was like super stinky. And you have to remember to thaw it. And if you don't, then it's like you're putting it in the microwave and now it's making your whole house stink. <laughs> Like it's really a stinky <laughs> stuff of it. Like I think we had beef tripe sometimes, which is like the lining of the oh, stomach. Oh yeah, and and that stuff was so so smelly. It's so smelly. <laughs> then I got to remember to like get some spinach and stuff to throw on the odd day, and then I got to put pumps of this stuff like on the other days. And then they need calcium, so I'm buying chicken necks too. But like you know. I'm not going to let them just carry a chicken neck all over my house, eating it wherever they want. Like, so I, I would only do that during yeah. the summer when they could take it outside. And then it, it does, it gets a bit overwhelming. So especially when you have a young family and stuff, but anyways, yes. continue on with the raw food. That was, that's my experience. With kids. <laughs> uh, it just, it, it just, for us, we were, I have two young kids, you know, you work, both of us are working full time and it was just hard yeah. um, and you're working to keep shifts. up with. And it was expensive. It, it yeah. really was. So, so wherever you are um, choosing to get your raw food from, just make sure it's good quality. So if you're going to the supermarket, just ask questions like ask them where they get their meat, where are the animals from where they get their meat. And the companies that do have a premix for you, just ask them like what's in it, what's the percentage of actual meat, bones, uh, organ meat. So talking about all of those, I'm just going to break it down more simply because there's a lot out there. Uh, You should still do your research, but for bones, bones should be about 15% of the diet. So about, so you should be giving uh, meaty bones. You can also give raw eggs with the shell because that's a good source of calcium and phosphorus. Am I pronouncing that right, Heidi? Yes, yes, you are. Frenchy over here? Yeah. (laughs) Phosphorus. So the bones is where they get uh, their minerals. So calcium and phosphorus. So raw eggs is also a good source for that. Organ meats, they are the multivitamins of their diet. So that should be about, so I'm reading about 10% of the dog's diet. Some say it should be more like 25% because they are the multivitamins. So if you are giving organ meat, you should only be giving 10% if you're only going to be giving liver because liver is high in vitamin A and that will cause diarrhea. (laughs) 
If you're giving a mix, so kidney, spleen, pancreas, brain, lungs, testicles, you can go up to 25%. But if you're only going to give one of those, it should be 5 to 10%. Muscle meat, I've read about 80% of the dog's diet because that is the protein source. And then you have the fat, which has twice as many calories as protein, um, should be about only 10% of the dog's diet with a maximum of about 20. And then it's your choice if you want to give fruits and veggies. And then there's omega-3s. And I think that's what you were talking about, like the, yeah. the pump. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, another source of omega-3s could be sardines. You can give like one or two with every meal. Mm-hmm. I don't think those are very expensive yep. as long as they're in water and not oil. And there's also something called um, phytoplankton. Oh. So you can order that online. It's green and you you only need, it's, it's quite expensive. I think it's like a hundred bucks per container, but you only need a very minuscule amount per meal. So that is pretty much it. You can give your dogs probiotics and prebiotics. But besides that, like if you're feeding that to your dog, you're already ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I can't remember if we talked about this in the last episode or not, but Vera and I went to the pet store to like look and, and both of us were overwhelmed, <laughs> like, and they're looking around at, at everything. <laughs> yes. We sort of like did this after the pet fool documentary, but before this like second one. And it is, it's like so totally overwhelming, but I was surprised, as I mentioned before, to see this massive like raw food section when I like 10 years mm-hmm. ago, I don't think you would have seen any at all. And um, I was happy to see it because uh, my experience with Wiggum, sorry, I'm going a little bit off track here. No, that's okay. Uh, Wiggum, I don't know if you remember Heidi, Wiggum had like this weird smell. Yes. Had like a yeasty smell. And I'm pretty sure it was his diet. And he had skin problems too, right? He had skin problems. So he was always itchy. I couldn't figure out why. I changed his food multiple times. I've never tried the raw diet, but I did change his food to a grain-free diet, um, and that really helped. However, he always had to take what it was venectal pee, so it was a steroid and an anti-inflammatory, and that's really hard on your kidneys. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure, like Wigan passed away a year ago, and I'm pretty sure it was the venectal pee that just like took a toll on him. Well, probably that's diabetic and, and, and the food too, potentially, right? Because it's two things yeah. that 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 are hard on yeah. on a system. So I think the food cause the itchiness, like the yeast, the smell, and I just had to put him on this medication, uh, which is why I feel like with my next pet, I will probably feed him raw. I will try to find the cheapest source. Yes, and exactly. Good quality. Yeah, um, I do have like a couple of couple of places that I'd like to try that seem reasonably priced. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So that's why I'm leaning towards raw because of Wiggum. And I think that there is a lot more options out there and more people mm-hmm. finding out about it and more people like e- even farmers and stuff are probably thinking, talking to each other saying, Hey, do you want to know what I do with like some of my like extra stuff as I give, use it as pet food? Cause mm-hmm. people are big time into yeah. this and stuff. It's a lot of farms that are, that are providing this stuff to um, people who are selling raw. 
Yeah. And that kind and of the thing. more popular it gets, the cheaper it's going to get. But what was interesting about that visit and like l- overlooking like everything that we saw in these documentaries and like reading up on it and these websites and stuff like that is when we spoke to the dude there at the pet store, he he was saying like nobody feeds their dog 100% raw, right? Like mm-hmm. remember that? And I think we mentioned yes. this in the last episode. And, yes. and he, we talked about like, you know, doing a hybrid, but it's not suggested because you need certain, like their acidity goes up with like more of the raw food so like if you were going to do a turnaround so a lot of people try to think like okay well let's do a bit of a hybrid but i after everything that i've seen and read i wouldn't recommend doing that no um not not like doing like you know a little bit of fresh meat and then pouring kibble on top i don't think because i think that's just like too screwed up for their systems yeah so apparently uh because the kibble has a lot of carbohydrates and that's what bacteria feeds off of the bacteria that's on the raw food will feed off the carbohydrates, so the sugars that is from the kibble, and they'll have an like an overgrowth of bacteria, and that's when your dog uh, would become sick. Yes, from the bacteria, and also uh, the kibble is digested more slowly mm-hmm. than the raw, and that changes. I think it changes the pH of the stomach, and again, it doesn't kill the bacteria from the raw food because the pH is not low enough, so acid enough. And then again, the bacteria grows and makes the dog sick. So that's why you can't mix both. Yes, exactly. But I think with some of the supplements, like you mentioned, like, you know, like putting an egg on stuff or maybe the pump of the omega stuff, like I don't think that stuff is as harmful as them having no. like a full, a fully raw yeah. meal. Yeah, and, like here's a steak and kibble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when I spoke to Michelle about her thoughts on food, which is kind of like the the same as Dr. Becker, and it's and they didn't say it so much in in that second documentary, is that you have to do the best with your lifestyle and with what you're able to afford, right? So even with us, like, so I have, oh my God, bear so cute. Sorry, he just keeps he's up on Barrow's lap, and he's just such a cutie. He's like, oh, put me down. <laughs> and, um, oh, now I lost my train of thought. He's just so cute. He's just so cute. Oh, yeah, is that uh, you can supplement. So, like, when I was talking to Michelle about it, she was saying, like, she feeds, like, a high-quality food, uh, the same one that I do to my dogs. I feed them a canna. I'm just going to come right out and say it. And A canna uh, what? <laughs> a canna what? <laughs> and uh, it, it seems to be going well for my dogs. Like, they... Gibbon has a bit more of a sensitive tummy, so I have to be careful, especially when there's grandparents around that feed them all kinds of treats that they get from God knows where. And um, like the diarrhea, or as we call it in this household, the brown laser. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it gives. It does. It gives gives the brown laser, but like um, for the most part, when he's on his regular diet. But um, again, in the summer, he's a bit more active. He's like at the cottage half of the time with my dad running, as I had mentioned in a previous episode, like a crazy wild dog. And um, I noticed that both him and Becky trim down uh, in the summertime because they're running a bit more and swimming a bit more and doing all that cottage time stuff. So sometimes what we do is we put a raw egg on top of their kibble and mix it around and it's just a little extra little protein boost a little bit more calories a little bit more of that those omegas omegas and it seems to to work well with them yes so omega-3 is pretty good at reducing inflammation so if they're running around a lot exactement good for their joints to wrap it all up all together 
is when you go to choose a food for your dog, the first thing I would do is I would have a look at that website that we mentioned. What is it called again? The one where they rate all of them? Dogadvisory.com. Uh, no, Dog Advisor. Let me just double check just to make sure. Dogfoodadvisor.com. Okay. So I would have a look on there at what some of the top brands are. Always ask for samples, like we mentioned in the last episode. Try a bit yes. first. Try it for a week. See how, how their systems are handling it. If things like, you know, if you got a little bit of the brown laser, just wait a few days to see if it, you know, settles out. Um, the next thing um, to do is to look whatever you go to look for on the bag. But mind you, Do Dog Advisor is going to help you out with that. But if you like just cold walk into a store and, and go and ask them about the dog food, remember to look at both of those labels and and look at how much crude protein is in it, how much moisture, because that's going to tell you how high of a temperature they cooked it at. And yes. and then look at the ingredients as well, looking that that the first five ingredients are like, you know, chicken and not byproduct and not something else yes. and not whatever. Um, make sure you got some high quality ingredients at the top of your list there. And then just compare and contrast the different good ones that you find and see what you're willing to pay and how convenient it is for you. And again, um, if you're thinking about doing the raw thing. I would again read into it and and look at how that that's going to fit into your lifestyle and whether that's yes. something that you can stick with because it was it it was really good for Gibbs. I'm yeah, I'm not gonna lie and to not you. to freak out when you're reading about all the nutrients that you need to feed them when you feed raw and to make sure that you know you get enough vitamin D and not to feed too much chicken because chicken has like and that's like a completely different topic but has yes. a lot of omega-6 in it yeah and that increases inflammation yep. um and the more you feed chicken there's no amount of good food that you'll be able to feed your dog to counterbalance those omega-6 if you're feeding too much chicken yeah so you're reading that and you're just like oh my god like i'm just gonna go and feed kibble but if you can afford it just just do some research and just don't get overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's hard not to because there is a lot of contraindicated things or yes. like one person will tell you, no, you have to make sure you have this percent of this and this percent of that. And it is, like you said, like it just makes your head spin after like, you know. It does, yeah. Researching and, and looking at it. So um, just make good use of your resources. And, and like Dr. Becker said in the first documentary, they're resilient animals. They are, and they're nutritionally mm -hmm. resilient. And that's why they go and eat like the most disgusting of things and can survive it. And including some dog foods as we found out. <laughs> <laughs> and their own poop and so, other dogs poop. Yeah. So, well, but on the, the topic of food, one thing that I'll mention too is that when you get your dog and once you pick out your food, um, there's a lot of questions that people have around that. They're like, okay, how often should I be feeding them? How, what, like, and when should I feed them and all this different stuff? So that's another thing to, to think of. And um, there's many different ways to feed your dog. Like, like yes. I mentioned in uh, the, one of the training episodes is you can hand feed them. So if you're training them for a particular anything, whether you're doing very spe specified training with them, or you're just wanting to teach them a new trick, or you're wanting to teach them something that makes your lifestyle easier with the dog in your home, 
um, there's hand feeding. So where you take half of their entire portion of the day, put it in a pouch or keep it in your pocket or keep it somewhere close by so that you use that. It makes them a bit more motivated to, to get those tricks and, and training done. So yes. hand feeding is one way. Um, there's some people who think who only feed their dog once a day because depends on your line of work or where you live or whatever you're doing. But some people yeah. feed their dogs once a day, which is perfectly acceptable. There's some people who stay at home and work from home. A lot more people that work from home now after COVID. Yes. And maybe you want to feed your dog three times a day. So you take up their amount and split up three times and you have breakfast, lunch and dinner with your dogo. Another thing to take into account when you're deciding how often am I going to feed my dog during the day, if you have a really active dog, you might want to feed him three times a day because their metabolism is going to be high. But then if you have a couch potato, like, I don't know, like a Great Dane that's not very active, mm -hmm. you can feed them just once a day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, be, be cognizant of the breed and their activity level and, but also what's going to work best for you as well. Yes. And their age. Cause when you get a puppy, yep. you do need to feed them three high, times a day Yes, until like they're at least, I think stuff. five months, six months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that sort of stuff too. Yes. Their age, all these things. And another thing that some people do is that they just put food in the bowl and they let their dog graze like during yep. the day. So they decide like some goods are pretty, some, <laughs> some dogs are pretty good with that. Some food are pretty dog with that <laughs> what? <laughs> what 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 some dogs are pretty good with that um however it doesn't create a routine for your dog and dogs thrive on routine and but if you are going to do that and you're thinking that maybe in the future there's going to be a second dog and you get a breed that will just eat and eat because I had one of those. <laughs> yes. Will eat, will eat until they explode. You cannot do that with your previous dog. You can't just let their food out because the second dog is just always going to eat it. Well, I have a story about that. So Ooh. I was dog sitting for a close friend of mine, Maureen, who was going on a vacay. And she asked me to watch her, her uh, I think she had a golden doodle named Echo. Echo is the sweetest. Oh my oh, God, is she ever I've sweet? I've seen pictures she's, of Echo. Oh, she's so sweet. She's so, so like just a sweet, sweet dog. Aww. Anyways, so she was coming to stay with us and my dogs eat twice a day and they each have their own bowl and it's like breakfast is breakfast and dinner is dinner and they sit down. I have them wait for a minute or two. They're look, focused on me the whole time and they wait for me to see, say the magic release word, which is okay. And then mm. they go and they eat their food. So when um, Maureen was dropping her dog off to me, I was like, okay, so when does she eat and like how much and stuff like that? And she's like, oh, I brought her food and she just grazes all day. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to do this? So um, that night when I went to feed the dogs, I put out Echo's food and she didn't touch her food. So I was like, okay. So later on in the evening, I put my dogs in another room and like left the door off and I put Echo's food down again. And she still didn't eat her food. So the next day I was like, okay, well, if she's a like all day grazer, I left my dogs like, like I have doors that block off certain rooms. So my dogs were in the front of the house and I put a water bowl there. So they had access to water all day. And then I left Echo in the kitchen, kitchen area where she could graze on her food all day. So we go to work for the day and I come home, didn't touch her food. And I was like, 
oh my God, I'm going to starve Maureen's dog and she's going to kill me. So I was like starting to panic. So I was like, well, is it because it's the same food? So I like dumped it and I got, I got a fresh scoop out of her box and like put it down, left it there for the whole evening. She didn't eat, went to work the next day, left her in the same spot again. She didn't eat. And I was like, okay, seriously. Oh my God. Like that, like I was uh, like, and I didn't want to text Maureen on vacation being like, uh, your dog won't eat. Cause like, I didn't want her to think it was, but anyways, but I fed my dogs. And when I fed them after they were done eating, Echo came in and she was sniffing at their bowls and she went and was sniffing at the container where my dog food was. So I was like, Hmm. So I gave her a scoop of my dog's food. And she ate it in like two seconds flat. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I was like, well, she probably just, maybe it was just better food or a higher quality or maybe something she just wanted. But anyway, Something different. Yeah. So I fed Echo at the same time as my dogs for the rest of her stay with me. And she ate everything in one meal, in one sitting. So I told wow. Maureen, because Maureen, I think she was buying like um, uh, food from Costco. I think it was Costco food or whatever. But ours has a bit more protein in it. Like, uh, again, like it's a bit more high caloric or whatever. I don't know. It, but Echo ate our food her entire stay. So I let Maureen know that I'm like, she wow. loves our food and ate twice a day, like with my dogs. And she was like, Oh, that's crazy. And like, I don't know whether she made the change or not. I didn't follow up because that's her and her dog's business. But anyways, mm-hmm. no, it was so interesting. Little, yeah. Interesting. Maybe they know. Maybe they know. Maybe she was like, mm, that smells good. I want to try that one. Yeah. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop giving me this stuff. But uh, yeah, I had a little panic moment there. Oh, Echo. Yeah. So cute. So cute. Well, do you want to play a quick game of Booper Snoot? Yes. And then we'll wrap this up? Yes. Okay. So Vero sent this product to me (laughs) that she found on Wish. You want to go ahead and describe it, Vero? I have to pull up the picture because it's like... Okay. I have it right here. So it is called the Poop Picker. (laughs) okay so it's like a clothespin sort of design that's more opened that you clip around the dog's tail and at on on one side of the clip like the bottom side of it holds a plastic bag so you clip this to the tag to the to your dog's tail right close to their pooper (laughs) let's boop poops (laughs) and this bag snoot poop And apparently this bag is supposed to catch your dog's poop when it goes to poop. Yes. And the slogan is poop picker, clean and hygienic, no direct contact with hands. What else can you ask for? (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. If you're getting a dog, just know that you're going to have to pick up some poop. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Come on, yep. Wish. Come yep. on. Come on, Wish, please. You know that's it's actually, like a It's funny to, to look at. I find that I get like, a lot of like weird products that pop up from Wish where I'm just like, I, what is that even supposed to do? <laughs> yes. Did you see this thing that looks like tripe and it's like wrapped in saran wrap? No. Yeah. Ugh. Well, snoot to that too and snoot to the poop picker. Yeah. Well, yeah. Snoot. I don't definitely. believe. I don't believe. All right, so that wraps up this episode on Let's Boop Snoots. Let's Boop Snoots. See you next week. Woof. See you next week. Woof. Woof.